The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. Afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this Saturday afternoon pre-recorded broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro, in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. We're located at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, right across the street from DPNL. You can visit us on the web at www.sim-trainer.com, or you can give us a call down at the range at 937. 937- 293-3914, and we'd be more than glad to discuss with you any, any of your firearms-related needs or interests. Keep in mind that over the next three-plus weeks, we are keeping limited hours of 12 noon to 4 p.m., Monday through Saturday. And so if you do happen to stop down to the range, make sure it's during those times so that you can uh, talk to somebody. Um, if you call us, that would be preferred that you call during those hours. However, if you leave a message, uh, we'll be more than glad to get back with you. If you want to uh, send us an email, please go to our uh, website and click on the contact link and you can send us an email and we'd be more than glad to respond in any way that we possibly can to any questions you might have. If you have a question uh, concerning something that we discussed on the show or you would like to hear an answer or a response or hear us talk about a topic, you can do the same, same thing. Just click on the contact tab and send us an email and we will look at the question and if we think it's something that the uh, broader listening community would be interested in we'll be sure to present that on the air and we will do that in anonymity so uh, you won't uh, be called out we might just use your first name or sometimes we just say that uh, somebody submitted a uh, a request online so if you have a specific uh, issue with that make sure you let us know and we won't use your name at all well the other thing is that if you have a question that you really don't want on the air you can send us those two and we'll get an answer back to you directly we're ha- happy to do that at any time if you have something that might be of general interest to the rest of the public we'd love to be able to share that with you in fact if there's any topics that you'd like to hear about you'd like to talk about especially during this time when we're not doing a live show given that uh, our normal two o'clock hour Hour has pretty much uh, regularly been preempted by the governor's briefings, we would love to be able to answer those questions as well. So please use that contact link on our website at sim-trainer.com, and we'll get back to you as quickly as we can. With that said, uh, we probably, we don't know for sure when the show will air, anywhere between, uh, say, 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the evening on Saturday, maybe later. Um, So we probably are reaching out to some listeners who maybe haven't heard about us uh, before, but uh, Shooting from the Hip is a radio show uh, that's all about guns, anything to do with gun-related issues, whether it's legislation, buying a new gun, training, whatever the topic is, uh, issues in the news, um, whatever. We try to uh, be very well-rounded. We try to bring information. The whole idea is to get information out to the listening public and to, in many cases, clarify misinformation that is uh, sent out there. Um, I'm going to start off today's show just by alerting our listeners. Uh, during this period of what seems to be relative uh, 
um, restricted activity, certainly at both the federal and state uh, government level. Um, most of those people are very busy dealing with uh, the coronavirus and related issues. But behind the scenes, there's some things that are either pending or, or maybe kind of creeping through. And one of them that I just want to alert everybody to so you can start doing your homework now because I'm sure it's going to rear its ugly head uh, later in the year is uh, um, uh, H.R. 5717, which is also listed as uh, SB 3254. It's federal legislation. It's a Gun Violence Prevention, Prevention and Community Safety Act of 2020, and it is loaded with draconian uh, gun control measures. Um, it bans suppressors. It has a federal magazine capacity ban, and it doesn't only refer to rifles. Essentially, the language in there is going to restrict all magazines of uh, 10 or more rounds. Uh, it has a, in a roundabout way, although they claim it's roundabout and they say it's not a gun registry, it's essentially a gun registry, nationwide gun registry provision. It's a national red flag law that's adopted in there. Um, it has forced safe storage. In other words, if by chance you, and the only way they'd find it out, if by chance somebody breaks into your house and you had a gun for self-defense, maybe uh, in a drawer, in a nightstand, and somebody would happen to get that gun, um, just maybe getting it and or certainly using it, they could charge you for not safely storing the gun and making sure that somebody who didn't uh, gain access to it uh, didn't get a hold of it. It raises the age limit on firearm purchase, all purchases to 21. That includes... Um, 18, 19, and 20-year-old uh, individuals who maybe served in our military, they come back either um, on a, a leave or when they're finished with their tour and they're not yet 21, they're unable to purchase uh, the gun or a gun, uh, the gun that they used uh, maybe over there in a semi-automatic uh, variation or any gun until they're uh, 21 years of age, which would also limit their ability unless they were um, uh, with an adult, uh, 21 or older, to have a gun. Then the issue comes down to what specific language they're going to include in this as to whether or not you provide a firearm to someone under 21 years of age. Right now, in, um, in the state of Ohio, for example, um, as long as you are a guardian or uh, an adult with the responsibility for a person under 21, you can provide them with a firearm that they can use under your direction. And we in training can provide individuals uh, under 21. Actually, we have several uh, youth between the ages of 10 and 18 who come to our first shots class for example, and under the direct supervision of our trained staff, they're able to fire guns. Um, but this particular law, the language in it is a little bit vague, and um, it leans towards trying to basically do away with guns. And it's uh, kind of the first step. So I encourage you, I read through, believe it or not, you guys know I don't read much, but because this is uh, so important, I read through the entire um, multi-page, and it's 20 to 30 pages long, of H.R. 5717, and much of it is a listing of all the guns that it's going to outlaw or prohibit and encourage people to participate in a voluntary buyback program before the government comes and takes them from you. If you remember, Beto O'Rourke, who's been uh, billed as uh, um, uh, candidate Biden's um, gun control um, guru, uh, if in fact uh, Biden would get elected, um, has already said not only is he going to make it illegal, he's going to come and get them. So their, their agenda is already out there, and this bill is just a further step of their agenda. They're not hiding anything. They're putting it all in here. So I encourage you to go out and read it. And again, it's only a proposed bill. It has uh, 18 co-sponsors. They're all um, Democrats, obviously. And however, one of the concerns is Marco Rubio and uh, 
the senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, have gone on the record saying that depending on the language, they would support certain variations of red flag laws. So a provision of this particular bill, which, you know, when bills are put together, there's give and take on both sides. We don't know where it's ultimately going to land. So it's it's very concerning uh, because we've discussed in many in, in previous shows the, the concerns about red flag laws and red flag laws uh, can be easily abused because depending on the language and the way things are carried out, uh, local interpretation as to what the red flag laws are intended to do or what the law intends people to do. It's going to take many years before that would ever be, get litigated uh, definitively in the courts. But in the meantime, in the meantime, people's uh, safety, security and freedom and or their ability to own certain firearms is going to be greatly restricted while these things kind of work their way slowly through the courts. Well, that's a really good point, Jeff. And the other thing is that we if they start to consolidate bills, there's an awful lot in this that could get slipped into something and not even intentionally on the part of the people who are doing the consolidation, but because all of this stuff is already in there and some of these bills become hundreds or thousands of pages long, it's very easy to miss some things until after people go through and look at it. And unfortunately, a lot of these bills are not put together in their final form with enough time for people to carefully review what is included in the bill. So that's why it's incumbent upon us, all of us, to pay attention to what's going on, read every version of the bill as it gets proposed, as it gets introduced, as it's amended. Uh, and you can do all that very easily at the Library of Congress website and at, the, uh, at the, the Congress website. So you can get the text of these bills once they have been fully recorded. Sometimes that's where the problem lies. They don't get recorded immediately. And with all the agendas that are out there with people trying to do things that they don't want people to know about because they know they would be toxic to their own campaigns, it's important for us to pay attention and, and be eyes and ears for everybody. Yes, we, there are a lot of people who do this on a full-time basis. Now, that's not us. But the more we can help, the more we can identify things that could be problems, the easier it will be for them to make sure that everything's okay. And the recent past is indicative of where they will go in order to push forward their agenda. And I just want to mention the, 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 the bill or bills recently that have been passed relative to uh, rendering assistance to people who need monetary assistance relative to the coronavirus. Um, at the last minute, things were pushed into that bill that had nothing to do with the bill, and it was force-fed because there are people deeply in need of those financial funds. The same sort of thing uh, happened back with the Unaffordable Care Act, and I'm a personal victim of that draconian bill. Um, that particular bill, if you remember, uh, the Speaker of the House got up and without much hesitation said, well, we have to pass it before we really know what's in it. That's a bunch of malarkey. Now, we know that's how they roll, and we got to change the way we do business. And over time, with many things that have happened in recent years, I hope that we can do that. But this concept of passing a bill before we know what's in it has to absolutely be forbidden. Um, matter of fact, in my personal opinion as a voter um, and as a citizen, I think that a bill should stand on the content of the bill relative to the issue. For example, assistance for the coronavirus, that should all that should be in that bill. Infrastructure, that's all that should be in, this, in the bill. All the pork and all the stuff they attach to bills, it's, it's ridiculous. It's been abused over many years. I know that's not likely to happen, uh, but we got to start moving forward. We've said a lot of things aren't likely to happen, but I think the way politics have been played over the last five to ten years, certainly over the last three years, um, there needs to be some revisions. But suffice it to say, we as 
um, citizens of this country, we have to pay attention to what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I just want to take this point while I'm talking about that topic to uh, pay attention because of the coronavirus preoccupying every minute of every day's news cycle. In my opinion, unnecessarily, there's things behind the scenes that are being overlooked. And I want you to remember that there's something going on that's related to this and related to the way we kind of live our our lives in this country. And that's uh, uh, the Durham investigation that's being conducted behind the scenes about the um, the abuses of the previous administration's attempted, essentially the attempted coup of the current president and some of the terrible things that have been done, a uh, reference to uh, abuses of the FISA process and surveillance on American citizens. Um, they've already shown us there are people out there who are willing to throw our constitutional rights out the window to advance their agendas. And we have to understand that that is clear and that is obvious. They're not even hiding it anymore. A matter of fact, they're kind of smashing it in our face. They're saying, here, do something about it. Well, it's time we start doing something about it. You need to let your representatives know this isn't okay. Not a single provision of this law is okay. Um, we've debated many of the issues from universal background checks to um, uh, red flag laws to magazine capacity. Um, and we've pretty much given the argument that's been substantiated uh, by the data that none of these laws are going to have little to anything to do with crime in the United States. Uh, we mentioned last week that there was an 85 percent increase in the percent or the numbers of guns sold and the number of background checks conducted. And it's uh, at all time highs right now. And yet violent crime with guns continues to be at a at the same level. Now, over time, will that play out? I don't know. And of course, there's already people who are saying, well, more people that went out and got guns and with the, the dire circumstances that people are in, that's going to result in more gun um, suicides and there's going to be more homicides because people are going to be more desperate and people are going to overreact. And again, all conjecture, nothing based on fact. And nothing they just based wanna... on history. I mean, going back to the very beginning of concealed carry in Ohio, these same people were telling us that would be the Wild West and blood running in the streets and people getting shot over returning videotapes and not wanting to pay a late fee. And all of it was baloney. It was all made up. It was all manufactured. It was all a lie. And yet then when you come back now 15 years, almost 16 years later, and now over 16 years later, and we say none of this happened, nothing you have ever predicted has ever been true, they don't want to hear that because they're just certain that the next time they're going to be right. That's that's exactly the case. So, you know, we're, we're staying on top of things. We like to look at that kind of data. We want to be able to dispel some of the rumors and some of the misinformation that's out there. And the majority of information is mis misinformation. It's uh, emotionally based. Um, when there's a tragic incident like the shooting in the Oregon district for a month or two afterward, everything was emotionally based. We got to do something. We got to do it now. And that something is ridiculous. A draconian uh, changes to the uh, the legislator and, and to the laws that are already there's so many laws on the books it covered every aspect of that particular situation some things snuck through the cracks because they weren't done um, uh, properly but the laws were already there the laws currently are there we don't need any additional laws but we're going to stay on top of those and those are the kind of things we're going to report to you all right well we're going to take our first break for the hour but we would love for you to contact us by going to our website at sim-trainer.com and using the contact link to send us a note or you can call the range at 937 um 
293-3914. Drew Blank almost gave us the radio station number because that's what we typically do in front of a microphone. All right, we're going to take our first break, and we hope that you hang with us through that and be back uh, after this is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and if you're new to our show, remember, Shooting from the Hip is all about guns. Anything you need to know, we certainly want to be here for you. If you have a question, please go to our website at sim-trainer.com, click on the contact page, send us a, uh, a message via email, and we will get back to you directly. And if it's something that the broader listening audience needs to hear, We'll be sure to uh, talk about it on a subsequent broadcast. Uh, right before the break, I was talking about uh, making sure that people go out and, and at least read H.R. Uh, 5717, which is a, a pretty draconian um, gun control measure. It's billed as the Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act of 2020. Please go out and take a, a look at that. You don't necessarily have to read it, but look at the main topics so that in future shows when we talk about it, you have a, a, an understanding of what that's all about, and maybe we can dissect it section by section. I want to talk now about something that I'm very concerned about, and that's a number of companies on the Internet that are uh, because of the circumstances and because a lot of people uh, turning to the Internet for a lot of solutions to different problems, they're advocating that uh, you can go ahead and take our uh, concealed carry online class and you're going to be good to get your uh, be able to carry concealed. Um, they kind of, in a roundabout way, lead you to believe that that's all you need to do, but there's fine print. You need to make sure you look at it. An individual uh, came into the range the other day with his certificate, and uh, he showed me his certificate, and I said, I didn't know much about it. I looked it up online. I then looked at the very small three-line, three-sentence uh, paragraph down at the bottom of his certificate that said, this does not entitle you to carry concealed. This is just a basic safety course that can be used for any state that requires that. In the state of Ohio, in order to get your concealed handgun license, you're required to go through an eight-hour class that consists of six hours of classroom and two hours on the range. Now, there are entities out there like the United States Concealed Carry Association, the NRA, who provide online courses that will meet the six-hour requirement provided you do what's required and go through the entire course, take the the, the section-by-section section, uh, quizzes and then the test at the end and then verify that you had, in fact, spent the required uh, six hours online and then you get your certificate then you're going to be required to come to a place like sim trainer and set up an appointment to do a two-hour range session where we will go over the safe operation and fun or functional operation safe handling of a firearm how to load it how to charge it how to shoot it how to unload it how to make it safe how to clear a malfunction all the practical aspects of gun handling so if the class that you're looking at in, uh, is is kind of geared along those lines in the state of Ohio, you're good to go. But let me also remind you that you are not required to have a concealed handgun license to possess and ultimately use a gun in self-defense in your own home. And in some cases, in your own business that you might own. But in your own home, you're able to use a firearm to defend yourself. But you got to understand there are elements that uh, must be in play in order for you to uh, be able to use deadly force in even a home, situ home defense situation. So um, we want you to really 
think think hard about just rushing to get out there and get online and take a class. What we'd rather you do is come and talk to us and tell us what your interest is, because if your interest is only to be able to get a gun and have it at home, you don't need to take a concealed carry class. And we can accomplish that goal in a two hour private lesson, either individually or in a small group. That's very easy to do. Um, But those of you that want to maybe continue on, then we can make arrangements for you to sit through the classroom portion of the class. uh, And then you will have met the eight hours uh, requirement coming to a two hour session of live fire and six hours in the classroom. So we can make those kind of accommodations for you, but be careful when you run out there and you see these, and there's at least five of them. And I've kind of played with one. I just completed one. I showed Mark, it took me nine and a half minutes to complete, go through the the, the, the videos, and I didn't watch the whole video. The video, I think, was about 30 minutes long, but I was just kind of chunking ahead to see what it, it showed, and it showed gun safety, parts of a gun, difference between a revolver and a semi-auto, some aspects, how to clean a gun, that sort of thing in a very brief way. Then I took a 10-question question test, and at the end they said, okay, now you're ready. You'll get for $65. You're going to get this free gift, and uh, you go ahead and provide the money, and we'll send you the certificate which basically does nothing for you in the state of Ohio. So I want you to be very careful to make sure you look through the fine print. Well, the other thing is that before you get a gun, you're much better off having been going through the training, learning how to handle a firearm, and making sure that the gun that you get is one that's well-suited for you. So that's one of the things that we do here. It's one of the things that we do best. It's kind of our trademark uh, expertise, and so we would like to help you with that. All right, we're going to take our uh, break to go into the news center. We'd love for you to stick around and come back and join us after the news. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. And uh, for those of you who might be new to our show, Shoot from the Hip is all about guns. Anything you want to know about firearms, firearms training, legislation, how to pick a gun, whatever the topic is, we want to help you out. Um, we're not uh, live on the air. This is a pre-recorded broadcast. But if you have a question, please visit our website at sim-trainer.com. Click on the contact tab and you can go ahead and send us an email and we'll reply directly to you. And if the question is something that we could uh, would benefit the, the broader listening audience, we'll present it in a subsequent show. I'd like to say something about, else about that because we normally do these shows live. This is This is probably our longest uh, spate of, of pre-recorded shows that we've ever done since we've been doing this sh- the show since uh, almost 11 years now. And so we really value your input. We really appreciate your questions. Uh, we have, there are several questions that we've answered many times, but we have a new audience all the time too. So if you have uh, joined our show for the first time because of the time that this show is airing, you've never been with us before, and you have some questions, we would really like to get those questions so that we can serve you, the listening public. You know, one of the questions I hear people, usually people who are not gun people, ask is, why do you need a gun? And those of you who are listening, you may have an immediate answer, or maybe that kind of took you by surprise and you thought, well, why do I need a gun? Well, I think the obvious answer is because I want one or because I can and because I may need one or because I do need one. So regardless of what the answer is, um, and and, and in my case, uh, I, I have one in particular, it's because I really like the way it looks. And uh, um, matter of fact, I kind of uh, designed in my head and had an individual who is very good 
uh, using seracoding and, and different uh, uh, techniques to create the gun that I wanted. Um, and as I've, I've mentioned in the previous uh, 8 to 12 months, there was a period of time from about the mid-2018 uh, year through December where most people had everything they needed, most of what they wanted. They'd already started getting into the, 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 the kind of the wow factor, and that's where, you know, my, my uh, Cerakoted gun kind of found its, found its origin. But uh, regardless of what your reason is, um, it, it doesn't matter what the answer sounds like to another person. It only matters why you want a gun. Now, right now, there's a lot of people who rushed out because of the way things are going in our, in our world, in our society, particularly here in the United States, more directly here in the state of Ohio. Uh, people thought, wow, there could be a breakdown in the orderly nature of society, and it doesn't take very long for people to start resorting to extreme measures to make sure they get the things that they need or want, whether or not it's through legal means or other. So there were people who had that concern, and they've based that on what they've seen on television that's happened around this country over the last 20 years at different times, where mass groups of people have misbehaved and, and, and behaved in criminal ways and innocently or uh, uh, illegally attacked innocent people. And so whether it's in the car, on the street, in the house, at a store, out in public, wherever it's at, people had that concern. So that was the reaction of several people, whether it was for their own personal defense or defense of their family. The bottom line was they felt, I better have it if I need it uh, rather than not have it when I need it and be put in a bad situation. Add to that the concern about police response. Now, I have to tell you, being a police officer for 30-plus years, our law enforcement, EMS, fire personnel are doing outstanding jobs responding to the needs of the community. However, because of various circumstances, particularly the, um, their, their vulnerability to being infected with the virus, they've limited personal contact to, I'm going to use the term, the, the more serious cases. And by serious cases, let me just give you an example. If you have your car broken into overnight by some kids who, and it, I will just tell you, when kids are out of school on break, car accessory thefts increase. That's because kids are out roving. They're not necessarily intending to do uh, bad things individually, but when they get together as a group, some of them are inclined to do things that they wouldn't normally do, and they start pilfering through people's cars. Now, they don't always, matter of fact, very rarely do they break windows. They start tugging on doors, and when somebody has an open door and they have a, a, a little uh, a console with some change in it or some cigarettes or a computer or, or some electronic equipment or anything that they could reasonably steal, they steal it, and we get the call the next day. Well, the police aren't probably going to respond to many of those calls. They're going to take the information over the phone, They'll get the information when they can, entered into the system, and that's about the extent of it. If you're involved in an altercation and there's no physical injury, they're probably not going to respond to that. If there's physical injury, they're going to respond, and they're going to go from there. Now, if a person commits a crime, even in some cases felony crime, they may not physically get arrested. And you say, well, how can that be? It's a felony. Well, it's because the jails are limited as to the number of people that they can process and then more specifically, the number of people that they can house. I just heard today that the Montgomery County Grand Jury was so kind, the members of that grand jury agreed to stay seated for an additional two months so that they can continue the grand jury screening process for those serious cases without taking the time that it's a significant amount of time for 200 applicants to come through and get screened to sit on the next grand jury, which um, 
uh, many thanks to that group of people who really kind of uh, uh, went above and beyond their civic responsibility and agreed to stay on that uh, um, grand jury for an additional two months. But there's not a whole lot of activity to, for the routine stuff. So that factor has added to people's anxiety and concern about personal safety. And then when they go to the grocery store and they see things starting to not be as stocked and not as plentiful, in their minds, they're kind of thinking directly or indirectly, you add all things together. And we know from past experience, it doesn't take very much for people to get very agitated and irritated and certain groups of people to start doing certain things. Now, that brings me back to a topic about what we were talking about earlier relative to having a gun for personal defense. Just because somebody gets in your car and tries to steal whatever's in your car, including if it, got, it was late when you got home and you had groceries in the backseat of the car and you need those groceries, if they were stealing those groceries, you can't use your gun for self-defense. And I've heard some people say, and we talked about it last week, there was a lady who bought several houses in the neighborhood where she lives. The houses are being renovated. Several people have gotten into the houses and they're stealing some of the items that they're installing or being used, the tools in those houses. And her first response to me when I asked her, why are you interested in getting a firearm? She goes, well, because people are breaking into my houses. And I said, what do you mean breaking your houses? And she told me the story. And when I told her that she couldn't use a firearm to prevent people from breaking into those unoccupied houses, stealing tools and whatever, she said, well, that's not what I was told. And I said, well, Whoever told you, you that, yeah, whoever told you that was not accurate. And I said, if it was breaking into your house and you had a reasonable good faith belief that your life or someone else's life was in eminent jeopardy, in other words, if you didn't use your gun to defend yourself, you or someone else may seriously injured or killed, that's a different story. But if you're looking out the window or standing on the sidewalk watching somebody break in the front door of an unoccupied house, the best thing to do and really the legal thing to do, go back in the house, call the police and Hopefully they have the time and the resources to respond during these times, but otherwise you can't use a gun. So um, there's a lot of people out there that have misconceptions, and that's one of the things we want to make sure. We want you to have a gun if you need it and the situation warrants it, but we don't want you to think that that's the cure-all for all the situations that may arise over the however long the situation is going to go on. Well, and nothing that we're ever going to do or say on this show is legal advice. But I will tell you that it would be a very good idea for you to go out to our website, go to the Concealed Carry course description, and click on the link to download the Ohio Concealed Carry uh, manual. It is something you can also get directly from the Attorney General's website. I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to find on ours. So uh, you can download that book and read through it. It does cover quite a bit about the all the application process and the things that would keep you from being able to get a license and so forth but it also talks about when is it justified to use deadly force and that's a very important concept for anybody who has a firearm to understand if you ever plan to use that firearm in a defensive mode you need to truly understand when is it justified to use deadly force a lot of people think that they can use deadly force to so-called de-escalate a situation. There's some sort of conflict and people are getting angry and the best thing to do is I'm going to take my gun out and make sure they know I'm, you know, that, that they're not able to uh, take this any farther. That is an escalation you don't want to get into. So go through, read that book, download it, and uh, make sure you really understand the concepts about the use of deadly force when it's appropriate and most especially 
when it is not appropriate. And as Jeff mentioned, it will never be appropriate to use deadly force in defense of property only. Mark, that's a very good point. And while we're on that topic, I just want to let you know, now more than ever, there's a couple of other websites I want you to go to. The first of them is the Buckeye Firearms Association, buckeyefirearms.org. Um, they not only have articles, but they have videos that address these topics that um, Mark just mentioned and more in depth, very good explanations. They ask questions, frequently asked questions. They give you good answers. So Buckeye Firearms Organization is one. Number two, the United States Concealed Carry Association. That's an organization for all of you who just recently got guns, I think is probably more important than joining some of the other organizations that are out there because they also have articles and videos and materials that you can order that are directly relevant to you as an armed citizen, not only in concealed carry situation, but also in a personal protection and, and, and personal safety. Defense uh, of the home, Defense for example. of the home situation. So those are two in particular. The other one I want to let you know about right here in the state of Ohio, down in Westchester, is the Second Call Defense. Second Call Defense is an organization that provides uh, liability insurance for individuals specifically relative to using a firearm in self-defense. It is unlike any of the Allstate or um, any of the other insurance companies that you might have for home or car or whatever the case might be, they have very limited abilities to provide any insurance at all relative to self-defense. However, second call defense, their insurance is directly related to the situation. But in addition to providing the insurance, they also provide you with materials once you become a member and kind of uh, just visiting their site, you'll be able to find some materials of what to do, for example, if you're involved in a shooting, what not to do. There's a video and it kind of takes you through a realistic situation gives you references to real world situations where people did or didn't do certain things and the consequences thereof so well, they also have a podcast and that's available to anybody who wants to go and look for it so that those are there's great information there's a lot of wisdom there and if you are serious about wanting to use a firearm to defend yourself when it's absolutely necessary knowing when that is is really important the um, second call defense website is a great resource you know i will just tell you that uh over the last three weeks, when I'm sitting on the internet, I don't go to a lot of sites, but those are three that I regularly go to because they have a wealth of information, not only for my own edification, but also for providing uh, fodder for a show like this so we can get the information out to you. But I'm telling you, if you spend the time, it's going to be time well spent, and they're going to address issues right on, and they're going to give you documented verification and source material so that you can feel comfortable that the information you're, get, you're getting is accurate and legally sound as opposed to just going out with somebody else said, as I explained to you in the case with the young lady who had two rental properties. So right now, when you have some time, um, when you're looking through, again, it's uh, the Buckeye Firearms Association, the Second Call Defense, and the United States Concealed Carry Association. Spend some time looking through their sites. Become a member. Um, right now, just like every other organization, everybody's kind of feeling the financial crunch, but uh, you know, you're looking for good things to put your money toward. Those would be great things to put your money toward because they're going to be ongoing, sustaining. Most of them have at least one year and multiple year memberships, so you can get that information on an ongoing basis. Well, I would add one other website since we're talking about some websites that have good information. I would talk uh, to anybody who is looking for what do I have to do, not only in my state, but I might be traveling and I want to get resources about how is it legal to carry in some other state. Go to handgunlaw.us. It is put together by attorneys. They refresh it on a regular 
regular basis. They track any time the laws change in the various states. And the best thing that I like about it is they, in addition to giving you a summary, they link to where the state's own laws address that topic. So you can click on those links and read what the state's law actually says about whatever that topic is that you're interested in, whether it's concealed carry, whether you can carry in certain places, what the transportation requirements are and so forth, reciprocity. All of that is great information for anybody that might be traveling. Now I know travel is kind of restricted right now, so there's not a lot of people heading the roads, but this is a great time to prepare for that when you get back into the summer and we're able to travel across the country and go camping and uh, go to the mountains or go to wherever it is that is your favorite place to go, then knowing in advance what the requirements are for you to be able to do that legally while you're carrying your firearm is probably uh, something that you can do now that you might not have an opportunity to do later. All right, we're going to take our last break for the hour. If you would like to get us some information, please go to our website at sim-trainer.com, click on the contact link, and we'll get that information. Or you can call us here at the range. We're open from noon until 4, Monday through Saturday. And the telephone number here is 937-293-3914. We'd be glad to take those uh, calls while we're here or leave us a message and we'll get back to you. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. We only have a few minutes left, and I just want to kind of tag on to what Mark said uh, just before the break. Uh, he mentioned that uh, he wants want you to make sure that you know if you're going to travel between states what the laws are from state to state it's probably more important now than ever before for this reason you're probably more likely to get stopped i understand some states when they see out-of-state plates they're stopping you to see what your business is and coming into the state when you're going to return what your business is because one of our own employees just came back from montana after being uh um, out there relocating his daughter. And when he came back in the state, he was advised he's under a 14-day quarantine coming back into the state. So um, there's a greater likelihood you're going to be stopped, and therefore you want to make sure that you're in compliance with the law wherever you might be traveling. So that's he, very important. They also got stopped on the way out. And the reason they were going was because she was going to a health care position in another state. So they obviously let her through, but she had documentation to show that. So again, you are more likely to see some interaction, and so making sure you have everything squared away, you're doing exactly what the law requires is really to your benefit. And keep in mind, even though you might think that that's kind of petty, um, those officers out on the road are vested with certain responsibilities, and since other duties have been um, kind of scaled back, and I, I've heard several people say that uh, the speeds on the highways and the roadways are greater than usual, and that's not unusual because people have kind of realized that police are limited into what they can and are going to do. Now, I have seen in some cases some cars ahead of me that were going above the speed limit, an officer's off the side of the road, he turns his lights on, and that gets their attention, and instantly the brake lights come on and people get the point. <laughs> don't don't so rear end somebody doing who's job. doing that. And for those of you that are out there, please understand, they're doing a great job. They're putting themselves at risk. They're working long shifts. 
They're having to, in many cases, quarantine themselves from their family members, just like the medical people that are out there, the people in the food service industry, the um, uh, the production, uh, the grocery industry. Uh, they're doing lots of good things. So please be courteous and understanding what's going on. Boy, and very, very much thanks to all of these people who are doing that, because th- we would have far more problems if they weren't willing to go out there and do what's necessary to keep some of those essential functions running. It's, I mean, it, when you see the, the consequences of making just one small mistake in terms of the personal sacrifice that somebody might make having to go through this illness, and it varies widely from person to person on how you're going to react to it. So people are, are rightfully concerned that they don't want to get it, but to still put themselves out there and do the things that have to be done so the rest of us can live in a civilized society Thank you all very much. Yes, special thanks and extended blessings to all of them. I want to close today's show by just mentioning that if you've uh, bought a gun, thinking about buying a gun, come and see us. No matter if the gun is a a semi-automatic pistol, revolver, a shotgun, or a rifle, we can train you in the safe handling, functional operation, and proficient shooting of that gun, get you to a a, a very confident and competent level in a short period of time, usually in two hours or less. We can do that. So please give us the opportunity. That's kind of what we specialize in, and that's what what we've devoted the, the limited operational hours two over the next uh, three or four weeks uh, through the end of hopefully the end of this uh, lockdown and uh, situation. So please call us here at the range at 937-293-3914 or stop down at the range at 2031 Dryden Road. Uh, We're open again 12 to 4 uh, Monday through Saturday so that we can take care of those particular issues. And that's what we want to do. We have several guns in stock. Uh, If you have another thing you want to look at when you go out onto the internet, uh, look at the new Smith & Wesson Shield 9mm millimeter easy it's a gun that i think that in doing this for many years is a very good gun for beginning shooters and we found that through the training that we've done it's proven to be uh, very effective and we're selling it at a very uh, good clip right now Basically so there as much as we can get absolutely and and i was able to get some because of this situation several people canceled their orders and i was able to get some that people weren't able to take i also have uh, several of the glock 44 22 pistols which is a great training gun you can uh, it works just like the glock it's identical in size a little bit lighter than the glock 19 functions exactly the same way breaks down the same way um be a great gun that you can continue continue to shoot and uh, practice your marksmanship skills at about half the cost it cost with the nine millimeter maybe even less depending on uh, when you can get your 22 ammo i will tell you one of our members has now run just under 2,000 rounds through his with tremendous success very few breakdowns and the breakdowns are due mainly to the ammunition or other non-gun related issues well thanks very much for joining us today we will uh, we'll get as many answers back to you as we can again if you contact us through sim-trainer.com and go to the contact link we'd love to get your questions and answer them either on the air or directly through email thanks very much for being with us this is mark avery and jeff pedro for shooting from the hip on 1290 and 95.7 whio dayton's news and talk